Thank you again for making the time to uh, join us. My name is Jeff Fuller, pastor at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, hopeforvermont.org, and we believe people's stories matter. We can certainly learn a lot from uh, others, unlearn what we thought was right to relearn what is right, and one with a tremendous story is Pastor Arlie Davis. Pastor Davis, welcome in. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. And so I have met you from being on the Northeast District, northeastdistrict.org. That's the Wesleyan denomination up here, uh, which has expanded to include New England and Pennsylvania and all over. For yourself, how long have you been a part of what is now known as the Northeast District? Well, um, I've been in ministry 40 years, and um, it was Penn Jersey before and then became Northeast. So... Um, it seems like forever. <laughs> and when you think about incorporating New England into the old Penn Jersey district, what sort of excitement did that bring for you or challenge did you think might occur? Um, I, I was excited about it. Um, I find it very interesting. My children, uh, my son lives in New York City. My daughter lives in Boston. And um, so um, it was interesting to know that all of us would be in the same district. Um, so um, I, I thought that was um, really very appealing. I also um, have, I guess, have always been a little burdened for New England because um, it just seems like there's a lack of, you know, evangelical churches and strong, uh, the strong movement. Uh, for sure, there's a, a lack of large churches in the New England area. And, um, you know, every time I've done kind of research and looked at some of those things, I've realized, you know, that um, there's certainly an absence in New England more than any other place in the country, which I think is pretty interesting, especially since that's our foundation and our roots uh, for America. Pastor Davis, if you would, and maybe I should have spoken off air, maybe you do not like uh, Dr. Carl at all, but I've appreciated <laughs> Dr. Carl's leadership. Can you just talk about what Dr. Carl does as the superintendent of this large district now? Um, yes. Um, they, with the kind of uh, the merger of different ad districts and kind of pulling them in together, what they've uh, really had to do is kind of reshape what a district superintendent does. Um, obviously the distance is created um, that uh, is hampers what it, probably the former um, job description that would have been used to describe what a district superintendent was. Uh, and so um, the intent then as uh, he has worked is not just to have a, um, an assistant district superintendent, but to have network managers that would be across the district and um, that would give him an ability to really have um, an impact um, on each of the areas by working through those network managers and himself. Uh, so it's, um, it's been, I think, a little bit of a challenge. I think there's about 118 churches in the Northeast, Northeast District. And so it's a little bit of a challenge to keep close contact. Um, but uh, the idea of having each of those network managers um, have contact has really um, helped uh, to be able to unify and strengthen the district. Pastor Davis, if we could back up a little bit, you've mentioned that uh, 40 years in vocational ministry. Did you grow up in a Christian home? And uh, what is it about the faith in Jesus that drew you? And when did you become a Christian? Um, I did grow up in a Christian home. Actually, my father was a Wesleyan pastor. Um, and so um, I've had that kind of background. Um, but 
I really got away from all of that um, very much um, all through college and it's kind of a, a very different lifestyle that I lived. Um, and um, it was really after college and I was teaching school. I was actually, my undergrad was a special education degree. And so I was teaching school and um, in daytime, I felt value and worth um, in my, my vocation. But when I would come home at night, I felt like there was something missing and something empty. And um, it was right at that time when I gave my heart to Christ. I was alone. I was in my apartment all by myself. Um, I knew how to do that because I'd certainly grown up hearing it, um, just wasn't following it. And so at that point, I, I, I surrendered my life to Christ. And, and then life started to take on a whole different kind of perspective. Started a Bible study. Um, and then before long, I felt the need to be able to move back to my home area, which is where my parents were and where my dad was in ministry. So, Pastor Davis, for you personally, or I guess as also a pastor, for the younger students, college age, those that are just reading the Bible for the first time, what do you do with scripture that seemingly doesn't make sense? Do you just say, come back to that later? Or do you try to dive in? Or for yourself, did you really try to learn the most important pieces that would be applicable to everyday life? You know, um, when I first started um, really getting into the Bible um, after um, being away, um, my testimony is kind of like interesting because um, I, I felt like I had grown up in the church. I'd turned my back on God, and I really didn't know that um, God would want me. And, um, and so um, what I, I, I sat down uh, feeling like this overwhelming feeling and like I needed to do something. I sat down and um, um, got this Bible. A friend had given it to me when I graduated from college. It was still in the box and still in the paper. I hadn't opened it. I knew what it was. But anyway, at this point, I was um, feeling like pretty desperate. And so I, I got out this Bible, opened it up. And I said this before I started, I said, you know, um, I don't know if I've turned my back on you too many times that maybe you don't want me. Um, and right at that point, I said, I know you speak through this. And so I'm just going to open it up. <laughs> now, I don't recommend this for devotions, <laughs> but it worked in my life. And I opened it up and it said, but you've not turned your back and sealed your fate. Your faith will assure your soul salvation. Wow. And when I looked at that, I thought, wow, God really does speak to you through this. I mean, like I was like in shock. And I knew that at that point I needed to surrender my life to Christ. I did. Um, and from that point on, the Bible just became so alive to me and so exciting. And so it was like I'd never read it before, but because I had somewhat of a foundation in the background, um, it, it, the understanding started to come more quickly. And I found myself growing very rapidly. I wanted to know as much as I could. I studied the Bible uh, voraciously. Um, and um, I, my pastor was very, very um, um, patient with me as I was going through that journey because every week I would write down all of my questions. <laughs> And I would meet with him once a week and I would say, I have all these questions. Um, what about this? And what about this? Mm. And um, it became such a, um, 
kind of a, a weekly study for me to help me to grow and learn and understand truth. Um, and so um, I was never quite satisfied with the answers that maybe some might have been. I wanted to hear and know more. And, um, and then I started a Bible study with teachers that I taught school with. And um, I always feel like the very best way for you to be able to grow in your own faith is to really have the responsibility to help teach others. And so I had to learn myself before I could teach them. And so um, it was um, a great experience, a great growing experience for me. And, um, you know, I just encourage people to dig into the word. My whole life is full of God's promises, my ministry as well. Um, as God continued to um, open up pathways and teach me uh, through his word. And so I just really encourage people, um, don't give up like because you don't understand something. I always say if there's a confusion uh, between scripture and whatever, it's not God's word, it's our thinking. And what we need to do is try to understand um, where that conflict is and what that would mean. So, Pastor Davis, I have a statement and then a question that kind of tie together. I've spoken yeah. with some people that said, I don't want to get too involved in understanding the Bible because I do not want to be a vocational pastor. That scares me to death. For you, how soon after did you know that you were called to vocational ministry? Um, probably, um, I had to look, six seven, eight, about eight or nine years after I really um, came to Christ um, that I really realized um, God was pulling me in a new direction and kind of giving me leadership. Um, so it was probably, you know, uh, at that point, I, you know, I, I remember, I always try to tell people when God's speaking to you and you get familiar with the word, um, it's kind of like God highlights certain passages. And like, it's it's like almost like you never read that before. And like, when you see that, you just kind of go like, wow, like, what is that? What does that mean? And why is that so important? And uh, mine was in Timothy. And um, when um, Paul is talking to Timothy and he says that um, a soldier doesn't get involved in civilian affairs. Well, I read that and it was like highlighted. Um, and I thought, what does that mean? Like, I, I had no idea. So I kept reading it over and over and over, trying to figure out what was God trying to say by this. And it took me quite a long time to realize God was, that was my call into ministry. And God was ask, asking me no longer to be involved in civilian affairs, but my focus now is going to be fully in ministry. And so, um, I, I don't. I think there's probably three things I never wanted to do. Um, I never wanted to be a pastor. Um, I never wanted to live in Milton, um, and I could never imagine working with my father. Um, so, <laughs> so all three of those things came to pass because that's how my ministry started and how everything came about. But um, and I spent all of my forty years in Milton, which is wow. um, <laughs> another story. Yeah. So Pastor Arlie, Pastor Arlie Davis recently retired, and uh, I guess once you're a pastor, you're always a minister of the gospel, or that's for any Christian uh, all the time. But uh, take us up time, and thank you so much for doing so. Did you always have strong leadership skills? This is the reputation that precedes you, is that you love God, you're a good leader, 
and you communicate well. Uh, was the leadership something that came naturally, or do you think that's something you had to learn and have developed in you? No, I always call myself a reluctant leader um, because I always feel that um, I, I just didn't know that that would be me. I, I didn't feel like I, I could be. When I first started in ministry and as a pastor, I really struggled um, because I looked at all the models out there of those like John Maxwell and some of those kinds of people that were uh, models at that time. And um, I would think, wow, I'll never be like that. Um, boy, I could never, that boy, that's not me. And I, I kept looking at all those people and saying, like, how is that going to be like anything that I could be? And how could I really be effective? And, um, and I really had to come to grips with that. God created me for me and I needed to be the best me I could be. And if I was that best me, God could use me as I was. Yeah. And so um, I, I have a passion for uh, understanding leadership. That was one of the things that um, I wanted to know more about and understand. And so um, I really dug into that. Um, I picked three models of individuals that I felt like um, they really exemplified uh, what I would like to see. One was a, a great communicator. Uh, one was a good wordsmith. And um, one was a great leader. Hmm. Um, and so I picked those three people and I kind of focused on what made them that. And um, my own prayer uh, for myself was that I would have wisdom. And then so I prayed for that daily. And um, and that's just basically how I think God ended up using me as me um, and helping me to understand some of the leadership principles and importance of what was about that. And why the Wesleyan denomination? Did you ever think about going to a different denomination over the years? And obviously, 40 years, you've seen changes within our denomination, within our district. Was there ever a time that you thought about leaving? And what held you or brought you back to Wesleyan, Wesleyan.org? Well, I don't think the Wesleyan Church is perfect by any means. Um, I, I certainly understand the hum human aspect that is a part of of all the and who we are. Um, but, um, you know, when I was in college, I went to a whole bunch of different churches. I really was not affiliated with anything and didn't really care to be, but just curiosity would kind of, uh, the Catholics were the only ones who got up for church <laughs> uh, and were the friends that I had. So I did that a little bit, um, did a lot of different things. Um, but um, I wanted something that was very, very biblical and uh, really was following the guidelines biblically. And um, the more I looked at it, the more I felt like the Wesleyan Church was that. Now there are other evangelical churches certainly that are very biblical, so that's not to say it's exclusive. Um, and then I really wanted to see the leadership and how it was governing, governed and um, all that was a part of that. So I felt like the combination of the governance and the biblical emphasis was really what I wanted to see. And so I felt like that's where I needed to be. And Pastor Arley, so uh, Christ Wesley in Milton, Pennsylvania, why did you not want to be in or minister to Milton, Pennsylvania? Um, Milton, um, uh, it's funny, like there's two towns that are close, Milton and Lewisburg. Milton, Milton's a very blue collar town. Um, Lewisburg is very white collar. And so, um, I, when we moved to Milton, I was a senior in high school. Um, I 
had left uh, the Lehigh Valley, which Allentown area was um, like quite developed and moving. Um, you moved to Milton and I can remember telling my dad when we drove down the street and I said, are we really gonna live here? And um, he said, yes, we are. And I was like, ah. Um, and so um, I took, actually, um, I, I had a job. I, I bought a bus ticket every weekend and would go back to my home area, which I consider my home area. And so um, Milton really had very little development. It was um, just too rural for me. And um, I felt myself being more urban. And um, so here I was. I, <laughs> I didn't want to be there, but it seemed like that's where God continued to direct my, um, my thoughts and my attention and my ministry. So that's where I ended up staying. So Pastor Arley, could you share or would you share just about the church that you first started to attend, serve at, but the growth that took place both in yourself and also numerical growth within the congregation. What did you have to learn most? Was it dependence on God or was it your own work ethic? Mm. Um, I've always, I've always been a hard worker. So like, um, I, you know, I, I, um, I feel it's, if I can say this cautiously, ministry is one of the places I think that people can hide out if they don't want to work hard. But I think it shows as well. Um, because, um, you know, I, I had been um, in teaching school. I had worked hard um, in my teaching, um, had made a difference there. I'd had jobs. I had usually two jobs all the time. So it's never been unusual when I um, started uh, ministry, I was actually working um, really three jobs. And um, and so, in fact, when I first started, my dad kind of encouraged me to be his support in ministry. And um, I said, I don't know if I want to do that, Pop. And he said, um, well, he said, I said, what would change? And he said, well, not a whole lot. And my dad was pretty <laughs> fly by the seat of his pants kind of person. And he said, um, yeah, not a whole lot. You'll do the same kind of things that you're already doing. Cause I, I was caring about every job in the church as it was. And it was a small church. And um, he said, so the only thing like you'll get a title that'll help that. And um, maybe that'll give you more respect for what you're doing. And I said, okay. And he said, now we don't have any money for you either. So um, it's kind of a volunteer position, <laughs> like totally inviting, right? Um, I don't even know why I said yes, but I did. And, um, and so little by little, I began to understand more and more about ministry, what God had and, and where he was taking me. And, um, and the journey was kind of interesting. I, there was a lot of growth that certainly had to happen in my life, which there obviously has been. I see all those changes that happened as I developed. Um, but, um, and so I, I started out with starting our Christian school. Um, and we have a Christian school, um, it's called Meadowbrook. Um, and so I did all the research and, and I started that um, with uh, 70 students, uh, kind of almost suicide, um, kindergarten through 11th grade, first year. Um, but we survived. Um, right now there are 400 students in, um, in our Christian school. And um, it is um, accredited um, with, um, middle states as well as ACSI. So yeah. it's, 
it's really, it's a very impressive um, organization. So I've been very grateful uh, for that. So that was my early beginning. I started that, I was carrying a secular job part-time I was doing that plus working in the church. And so that was pretty, pretty invested. And so soon as I, um, I was an assistant, my dad retired. And um, at that point, the church, we went through a transition period, a, a year. Um, and so then the church put me in as uh, pastor. I was, there was no other staff. It was just me um, at that point. And I remember going to a district conference and Harry Wood was our district superintendent at that yeah. point. Um, and um, Harry was one of my role models also that I kind of held up as like, yeah, I'd like to, his leadership is great. I really want to see um, that kind of be developed in me. And so um, he was talking in our district and this was 1990. He said, um, one of the churches in our district will become a church of a thousand. Well, we were like 150, 180. So, um, and I knew everybody felt like that would be Cherryville, which is a church in our district that's larger. Everybody felt like that would be the church because they had actually been 800 at one point. So that wouldn't have been too far of a thing. But I turned to our district or to our, um, one of our delegates and I turned to him and I said, hey, that's gonna be us. And he said, what? And I said, sure, that's gonna be us. And so we went back and back in those days, um, we'd have a report to the congregation of what you had at district conference. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, we went to that. And so he, this delegate you know, gets up and he says, and our pastor says that um, we're gonna be a church of a thousand in 10 years. <laughs> and I was like, <gasps> I can't believe he said that out loud. Um, I was like, yikes. And it was like really scary. Um, and so I began praying like, Lord, what is it that you want for us? And I always feel like you should have a biblical basis for everything. And so I um, came across um, Isaiah 61, um, the year of Lord's favor, that particular uh, passage. And I felt like that was mine for Christ Wesleyan. And so I started to really dig into it and read it over and over and over. And, um, and I felt like this must be where God wants us. And one day I, I looked at it and I saw the last verse in Isaiah 60, just before Isaiah 61. It said, the least of you will become a thousand and the Lord will bring it to pass wow. quickly. Wow. And when I saw that, I thought, God really is going to build a church of a thousand here in Milton. Now, this is a church that was going to be like 100 years old. This is a church that had the traditional name. Uh, it wasn't a cute, you know, uh, funzy name to it. It was just, you know, Christ Wesleyan. Um, it was a church that um, had gone through, had been small for years, had kind of gone up and down. One time they were going to close it. Um, it is a church that faced all kinds of things. And yet um, God's promise was that it was going to be. And I didn't really speak it out loud like for a long time because I didn't feel like I didn't want to ever be accused of focusing on numbers because that wasn't what I believed God was doing. I felt he was focusing on people and that's what was meant to be. Um, but within 10 years from that uh, first announcement, we became a church of a thousand. And so um, it was pretty incredible, pretty phenomenal. Um, God, um, I really feel raised it up and helped us to become who we, uh, we were. Um, we went through a lot from that point on until we um, were able to really reach 
um, uh, where I retired at that point. Um, and um, when I retired, we were about 1,700 um, on a Sunday morning in a rural place um, in Milton, Pennsylvania. So it's been quite a journey, um, but I've been very grateful for it. I'm not sure where you are. Um, and I think we're still there. Seems like I'm communicating with Jeff. Um, 